All right, it's a story that, uh, well, it was the lead story on most newscasts for the past week. Um, Troubling for a lot of people, a lot of questions, and a lot of questions that remain unanswered today. But uh, we're going to have some conversations about what we do know in the final hour of the show here. Uh, The FBI has now identified the man that was found missing with um, a 13-year-old Edmonton girl, uh, 41-year-old Noah Madrano from Oregon, has been arrested and is in custody. The pair was found in Oregon City uh, on Saturday morning. She went missing the Friday before, so eight days prior to that. The suspect is now charged with child luring and several other more serious charges as well. Uh, We'll find out more about that when he appears in court, I believe, tomorrow. It's because of the July 4th holiday in the U.S. He's not appearing in court today. But anyway, this this young girl, 13 years old, um, didn't arrive at Killarney Junior High School back on Friday, June 24th. She was last seen at the school just before classes started, though. So she got to school, just didn't go into the school. And after that, um, the question already has been asked and is being asked a lot, well, why wasn't there an Amber Alert? Why didn't police do this? Why didn't police do that? Why did it take so long for the information to get out? And police have responded and said, you know what, at that time, the the evidence, the information that we had about this case didn't reach the threshold that it needs to reach for us to trigger an Amber Alert. And a lot of people saying, well, what more do you need to know? Okay, let's try and find out. Let's Let's try and find out exactly what information is needed to you know, respond in different ways. We're going to chat now with Amanda Pick, who is the CEO of the Missing Children's Society of Canada. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. You've dealt with missing kids in this country for a very, very long time, and I'm sure you've been involved in, you know, not only with the kids, but with their families and with police. So you've been very closely connected to this for decades, right? Yes, that's true. And it's progressed over the years, and now we're in this area of Amber Alert. As far as you know, when it comes to a missing child, everybody thinks we should react as quickly as possible, of course. But Amber Alert is different. What is the criteria for when an Amber Alert is actually brought in? Well, first of all, thank you for allowing this conversation to happen and provide more detail to the community, because I think the community's response makes sense. And I think questions absolutely make sense and and a better understanding will really help uh, people to participate in bringing a child home safely. So an Amber Alert has uh, very strict criteria and it has to meet that criteria before police and only police are able to activate it, which is uh, that a child uh, must have been, uh, they must have information that that child has a proven disability or has been abducted. And that um, that they are in danger of serious harm or death, and that there's enough descriptive information so that the public could identify the person, abductor, or the mode of transportation, and uh, that there's a reasonable expectation that either the person who was abducted or the child who uh, was abducted could be returned or the abductor apprehended. And I would add to that, just like you said, based on um, the work of my organization and, and the partnership we have with police and the hundreds of cases over the years that we've assisted with, um, you know, it, it will also uh, 
information comes through investigation. And while we believe uh, as a community and we hope that police have all the information they need as soon as that child is reported missing, that's not the case. And so they are constantly with each case assessing uh, what's happening, and it's an active investigation. And the more information they get, the uh, the quicker they are able to share information with the public. And I think you make such a good point because we don't know the specifics around this case. So just based on what we know, and if we apply it to countless other cases on that Friday where kids um, hopped on the school bus or got a ride to school and then decided to not go to school, go do something else. It's the end of the school year. Who knows? They went to the park with their friends. They, I mean, lots of kids skip school. So you need to, there needs to be that threshold. There needs to be that criteria. Absolutely, there does. And and that's not to say that um, I think, you know, there's not a other couple of perceptions or, or missed, for lack of a better way to say it, uh, that police don't respond for 24 hours. That's not true. Um, that they are not um, responding to immediate report of a missing child. And, and even if that report looks like, as you said, that, that my child didn't show up to school yeah. and they typically don't. Um, this is not typical behavior for them. You know, please take all of that uh, very seriously and immediately start uh, an investigation to determine where that child is, which was the case with EPS. One thing that EPS did come out and say yesterday in part of their update was we did have an Amber Alert prepared once we confirmed that the tip um, of this suspect being involved and his vehicle and his identification and all that. Once we had that information, we did prepare the tip, but... We found out that he was no longer in Canada, so it wouldn't have done any good, so we didn't put it out. So it sounds to me like authorities are more, I wouldn't say reluctant, but they're judicious in when they put these out, and they want to make sure that they're putting it out um, when it's going to be beneficial. And it's not just, well, what can what, what harm can come? I guess, is there harm that can come by sending them out? Well, I think that uh, you're, you know, you're absolutely correct as it relates to um, as soon as uh, there's cross-jurisdiction, be it province to province or certainly in this case from country to country, uh, the ability to activate an alert system in, an addition, in a country outside of Canada uh, certainly happens when there's a joint investigation, which you saw. Uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, we saw that in this case. But You know, asking the question that I think is really important around, you know, how the community responds to Amber Alert um, and why the threshold is so high. Yes, when you are activating an entire province to um, mobilize them to immediately help find that child as quickly as possible, there needs to be a a threshold that's met in order to be able to... um, to have people respond, right? That's yeah. that's why everything, every single channel from social media to the TV to bulletin boards to your phones, because it is it is a life or death situation potentially. And so, um, you know, that is why we have the Amber Alert system. But thankfully, we uh, as an organization, uh, Missing Children's Society of Canada, with some incredible partners, uh, we've worked with police for a decade on bringing another system as well as our technology partners for those cases that don't meet the Amber Alert threshold. Our, we know our communities want to be there uh, to protect children with police. And so we now have an opportunity to do that through the Child Search Network. And specifically, uh, community members can download uh, the Rescue app, which 
allows them to receive information for cases that don't meet that threshold. Um, and another question that a lot of people are asking, and it's all over my text line as you and I are talking, and, I, and I, this wasn't the reason we brought you on, so if you're not comfortable talking about this, that's fine. But I wonder if you've seen this before. Everybody wondering, how did she get across the border? How did a 13-year-old manage to cross into the United States? We don't know. Police have not said we're waiting for more information on that. Have you seen it before? Um, any ideas there? Yeah, I mean, in different in different cases, and let me speak of a case um, that uh, people may you know be more familiar with as it relates to international abductions. Uh, certainly, parental international abductions are are the highest uh, amount of cases when it comes to to international uh, travel. And you know, I would say that uh, all of the police um, border and partnerships with other countries um, are constantly working together to be able to ensure that that um, there's a response um, that is uh, immediately being able to activate it to find that child. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not always the case. And I, and I don't think I could cite reasons. I know everybody... Yeah, everybody wants cited. answers. You bet. And, and I don't even... I, I think it's answers and plus people want... Not um, to to make positive change to ensure that every we can protect every child and we're you know we need to come together to do that and I don't think you know that I certainly don't have the answer for this ongoing investigation I know police will update uh, when they when they have more to share but yes it it does happen you know uh, children uh, youth. Uh, who are lured, um, exploitation, children who are groomed, human trafficking, it does happen. What I can say is, through my experience, our organization's experience, uh, we're constantly working with partners to um, put in uh, put in opportunities that stop this as it relates to, um, you know, cross, uh, cross-border yeah. abductions. And so there isn't a simple answer, which I know you're looking for. And, um, and I hope the simple answer is the more we come together as community, uh, the more that we want to under, you know, understand and help that we'll be willing to um, receive information, and then we'll be willing to keep our eyes and, and open and work with police to protect kids. I know it's not the solution um, right now, but I know that it will make a huge difference in the effort to find missing children faster. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great insight, Amanda. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Yes, thank you. And if uh, your listeners would go to rescue.mcsc.ca, they can download that app and and really help to protect children. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Uh, Again, that's rescue at mcsc. Yes, rescue, R-E-S-T-U dot mcsc dot C-A. Excellent. Okay, Amanda, thank you so much.